This episode of the podcast was recorded over a Zoom call uh, at a time when physical distancing is important to us. Uh, so you will find that depending on the quality of the internet connection, uh, it can get choppy at times. Uh, but for the most part, you will be able to hear the conversation clearly. Hello everyone, uh, it's another episode of the Hello Mentor podcast. Uh, we have Sandra Wu with us here today. Uh, Sandra is a wellness instructor in KL uh, whose focus includes teaching yoga and mobility. Uh, she studied and continues to study under the tutelage of Manoj Kaimal of Manasa Yoga Malaysia uh, seven years since she found the way of yoga. Uh, today she studies movement in various athletics and works closely with physiotherapists to educate the industry on mindful movement and conditioning. Uh, she's also a Lululemon ambassador uh, and spearheaded projects with the brand and is often involved in community engagement. Uh, she also teaches uh, banging spin classes and absolutely loves plants. And uh, let's start the conversation. Okay, thanks, uh, Sandra, uh, for agreeing to do this. I really okay, appreciate it. Thanks for it. having me. Yeah, so um, how's uh, CMCO treating you so far? Uh, well, I mean, you know, like I said earlier, uh, as long as, to me, I, I hear a lot of people saying that 2020 is a write-off, right? But I, mm. um, I don't agree with that at mm. all. I think mm. what was really important was that the world needed a giant reset. We all needed a giant reset to like kind of recalibrate our priorities and our purpose and really sit with what it means to be human, mm. right? Especially in a time like, like this where, you know, people, people weren't only dying of a viral pandemic, right? People were dying, people are, were and are, um, dying from poverty and pollution and mm. violence and mm. um, we've kind of let that just go by you know death is a byproduct of, uh, mm. of living right mm. Mm. but um, I don't think we paid attention in which how those deaths were happening mm. Uh, and how we all play, you know, somewhat of a, of a minute role mm. in that. Uh, I think 2020 was really important for us to kind of like sit with it and really think about how our roles um, play into, into what's happening with the world. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I, I agree. Right? In fact, like... Yeah. Um, on a minute and macro level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's actually given like even me personally, a lot of uh, breathing space or, or just a moment to kind of pause and reassess, you know, what I am doing, you know, what the company's doing. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's just, just uh, some space to think, like, like, and as you say, like recalibrate, right? Like yeah. exactly what is it that we're doing here? Uh, and you start to notice things that are happening around the world that yeah. you probably would not have noticed before uh, yeah. because everyone's so busy just like, you know, you're, you're on the treadmill, basically, just running, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Without having the time to look around. 
Um, it was easy yeah. to sit on the sidelines before mm-hmm. and just be like observers, right? Mm-hmm. Or be on, just be on the fence. Like, no, why, why do I have to vote? I believe in neither candidate, mm-hmm. you know? And then, and then 2020 happened. And then, you know, I feel like 2020 was the year that showed us what real evil could look like. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, we, it had stared us just right in the face. You had a very uncontrollable type of um, a force of nature, you know, the virus, uh, if you will call it that. And then you had like real human evilness uh, <laughs> throw giant adult tantrums and you just stop the count. <laughs> you know? And when you look at that and you're like, yeah. okay, we've, so we've let this happen. Yeah. America, you've let this happen. Uh, you realize that it is almost entirely our responsibilities on a very micro level to not let that happen. You know, we can very easily let that happen here in Malaysia as well. And we have mm. been letting that happen like time and time again. Mm. I didn't vote, you know, mm. and I feel mm. horribly guilty about it now. Mm. Yeah. So that was 2020 for me. I think a lot of breathing room, a lot of learning space. Um, I think a lot of people feel stagnant in that space because, you know, money is not going, uh, money is not coming in where, you know, everyone's like uncertain. Mm. Uh, But if anything, 2020 has taught me is to like kind of find a little bit of excitement in the uncertainty. Um, And like, we have no choice. We can't be risk averse evolve or die right mm. yeah and so yeah recognize, and recognize our privilege so that we don't have to worry so much mm. Mm. yeah yeah and and yeah it's been like um yeah as you said like a really huge reset like, for the entire world also like a shock in some sense i think in my lifetime as i, I never expected to witness something like this, like some sort of global lockdown. It just seems like so uncomprehensible. Oh my me. God, tell me about it, right? I thought yeah. 2020, I was going to find a boyfriend. I was going to get married in 2021. <laughs> was, that, was that your plan? <laughs> and then 2020 came and I was like, nah, ain't none of that happening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. COVID calm down. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're all stuck at home. Yes, um, we are. Nobody's going dating. Yeah. Yeah. We're marrying friends now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you you kind of, I'm very curious how you would describe yourself, Sandra. And then, I think we kind of talked about this briefly before we started recording, right? Like how, when you introduce yourself to someone for the first time and, 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 you, you, and they ask you like, hey, what, what, what are you doing, Sandra? Like how, how would you introduce yourself? Uh, well, the default way that I do introduce myself is I always, I'm, I'm a yoga teacher. Mm. Right. Because that I identify with the most. And Mm. that is also the one most consistent thing that I've been doing since I started um, practicing yoga. Uh, You know, I started as a student and then I managed to develop a very tight teacher student relationship with my teacher, which is not something that is uh, common with people who take YTT certifications these days, right? You can jet off to Bali for a month. Well, you can't do that anymore. Mm. But, you know, you could jet off to Bali for a month and come back and be certified a yoga teacher. But that never meant anything to me until my teacher 
given, you know, after I've had enough practice and enough growth, he gave me the green light um, to teach. And even then I was like, nah, I'm, I'm no teacher. Like I'm not mm-hmm. built for this. I'm not made to be a teacher. I'm not going to be responsible for anyone. I don't have that kind of patience, mm-hmm. but he was like, you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. Cause you recognize that in you. And uh, it's taken me some years to also recognize that in myself. Mm-hmm. So that would be how I would introduce myself. Hi, my name mm-hmm. is Sandra. Pleasure to meet you. I'm a yoga teacher. Mm. And then people would just go to my Instagram page and they'd be like, no, you're an influencer. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I guess so. Because <laughs> you are quite active on Instagram, right? I am quite active. I've always been active on Instagram. Right. Uh, you know, it started off as a platform where you just want to post pictures of like your, you know, your food and your friends and your pets. And well, it's turned into something completely different now. Uh, mm. I'm also at a crossroads mm. with it. I'm just like, what do I want to post? It? Do I want to say anything? I don't really want to say anything sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is that is the interesting thing about um well being an influencer, quote unquote, in that mm. you are expected to always have something to post, right? Yes. Uh, always have something to say or to have a stance, or you know, you always have to be some kind of responsible for putting an opinion out there. And sometimes mm. I'm just like, no, my opinions are mine. And mm. you know, I like to keep some things for myself. Mm. And also Instagram doesn't generate enough money for me to call it. A job, so mm, mm. <laughs> I'm not an influencer. I'm a teacher. <laughs> and I think you you sort of mentioned in an interview that you first took up yoga uh, with the intention of relieving your back pain, right? So, yes. uh, could you tell us more about this story? Uh yes. So, um, I had really debilitating back pains, bad mm. uh, enough that sometimes in the morning when I wake up mm. uh, and I let's say I haven't worked out in a while like you know this CMCO period has been quite uh, stressful on my routine mm. it's changed a lot of things so I haven't actually been working out for the past two months mm. and you know like if you're not consistent with it your muscles start to atrophy and then when it started atrophying I got a little bit of a pinch just like last week in my lower mm. back Mm. And that set me off. Like it was trauma from the kind of back pains I got when I was younger. Okay. How bad it was. As my body still remembers it 10 years later. Right. Um, from scoliosis. Sometimes mm. we grow a little bit too tall too fast and our core muscles mm. just don't support the muscular structures very well. Mm. Uh, at least that's what my chiropractor told me at the time. Mm. And no treatment was working. Mm. Then they told me that I couldn't move. Like I couldn't play racket sports I couldn't do anything any jumping any impact sport nothing all I could Mm. do was swim Mm. yeah and I was like that is so boring like no way I can't believe I'm like in my 20 I'm 20 right I'm 20 uh you know 20 21 22 somewhere around there and you're telling me I can't move there's something really wrong with that idea right Mm. uh so I was like you know what uh, I'm going to go look for a low impact sport. I don't care what this guy says. Like, this guy doesn't know how my body feels. I need to move. If I don't move, mm. I'll go crazy in my head. Mm. Uh, either that, is either I find a way to move or I'll go party at night. Lah. I'll go and dance. Right? <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah. My back will hurt more the next day. So I looked for the cheapest yoga class around mm. my area. I was living in Petaling Jaya at the time. So SS2. Right. Um, and I found this Manasa Yoga. I still go back there. Manoj Kaima is still my teacher. I've not mm. uh, not really gone 
two different, I have different mentors, but he's still my yoga teacher. Right. And I went once and I never left. Hmm. Yeah. It just. What, what, what was it that you liked? Like, what was that first experience like? I think what intrigued me the most was, uh, so I've told this story many times, right? But, you know, it's evolved over time as well. The more I realized like what really went down in that first session that I was in. Mm. Um, what intrigued me a lot was the fact that, you know, my teacher had very seamlessly integrated mythology, philosophy, uh, storytelling, beautiful storytelling with the asana practice. So there was a lot of context of human emotion and human processes that were brought into the practice itself, which is yoga. That is the essence of yoga is, you know, where you find space within your mind and your body to, to meet each other. There's the mind-body connection that we talk about, right? To meet each other. And in being able to operate as a one united entity, right? You then create space within yourself um, for wisdom, for learning, for equanimity, for balance, right? You're not distracted by everything else. So, um, and that is in the essence what it really is. There's a lot of levels, you know, in which like you, that people talk about the pillars of yoga and the pillars of like wisdom and, and learning and uh, states of being. Mm. But the state of being is to be, be well with yourself. And I think that was the first time ever I had felt um, some semblance of that state embodied. Mm. You hear a lot of people talking about it. Like my father is a big uh, philosophy scholar. Mm. Is, you know, weekend scholar, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, and he talks about it a lot, but I never really got it. Mm. Like, what are you talking about? I don't want to sit there for like half an hour. It's boring. Mm. You know? And then I showed up to a yoga class and all I wanted to do was sit there for half an hour. And that really made me question why? Mm. How mm. is this different? Right. Mm. And then I went down that rabbit hole and the rest is history. Mm. Is it is it is it like um sort of like a mind, body, spirit connection kind it's of it's an thing? alignment. Right? right. It's an alignment. And you know, sometimes we fall into it accidentally. You know, when you spend enough hours doing one singular thing again and again and again, you move away from the idea of repetition into mm. the idea of refinement. Mm. Right? Sometimes we stumble upon it like that. You, people call it the flow state. Mm. Um, and in yoga, it's a similar type of a process. Um, and... Yeah, I stumbled. I think I can say that. I stumbled upon that experience. Mm. And then that intrigued me. I just wanted to know more and more about mm. what happened to me psychologically and physiologically that day that mm. that um came that you know made that happen. Right, right. At that point. And 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 um how long ago was this? Like seven years. I seven think. years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you've been practicing yoga for seven years. Mm. And and how how has you know, practicing yoga at that level, how has that kind of shaped, uh, you know, who you are, how you think, um, you know, what you're doing today? Um, you know, I think I'm actually really lucky to have found the yoga practice 
this early mm. and to have found a good teacher, like a solid teacher mm. who is grounded in his practice and the philosophies and the pillars of his practice enough to be able to, to um, pass that on, you know, it's, 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 it's not like, this is my instructor, like I'm a disciple, I'll just say that, mm. right? And I have a lot of respect uh, for a teacher like that. And mm. that grew my respect for the practice even more. And in that, uh, surprisingly, I learned how to respect myself a lot more. I think that that is, I would say that as a core tenet of like me practicing yoga is that, that self-respect um, is there and in turn respect for other human beings in a very similar level as well. With that respect comes empathy. With that empathy comes um, systems and disciplines as well, you know, and how we behave and how we, what's wrong, what's right, moral values, values, right? I would say yoga shaped me completely differently as a person. It gave me a lot more avenues to grow um, in, in these facets mm. as a young person, mm. right? Mm. I mean, mm. like I was 22, I knew nothing. Mm. Mm. I still know nothing, but mm. I know a bit more these days, mm. I guess. Yeah, and, but and have, with that having, as the guiding mm. principles, I think, yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm. And and along with the fact that you had that respect for your teacher, if like, I'm not sure how you would call him or her, uh, also kind of taught you... Just my teacher, yeah. Your teacher, yeah. <laughs> your teacher. You just also, um, because you respected this person then also you kind of learn how to respect yourself and the discipline of the practice yes i i don't think i had experienced um i had good teachers but i and you know teachers who are very dedicated to mm. teaching you know they're very like they take it on very personally um, as their purpose. I've seen that in teachers. I was a problem child in high school. Um, I was a problem child all throughout schooling, actually. And uh, very anti-authoritarian, you know, very like rebellious, but with absolutely no cause. Um, <laughs> only child. Uh, right. My parents just didn't know what to do with me, I think, mm. at some point. Mm. And... Um, so I think it was my first time experiencing a teacher who was uh, very empathetic and kind and had a very round, gentle grasp over mm. the human condition. Mm. Right. He's very, he's, he's very socially intelligent um, and he's very articulate and eloquent with it. And with that, I found the importance of developing a lexicon around my human condition so I could understand myself better. Mm. And with that, it allowed me to understand other people better. So mm. I've seen myself grow into a more empathetic, socially intelligent person. I still say dumb shit. I still do. <laughs> But nowadays, I know how to catch myself and apologize, you know, <laughs> like, <Right>. <laughs> that's a big lesson for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, and it's interesting that, and, and um, before I kind of come back to yoga, I want to segue mm. a little bit because you did mention that, you know, after you met your yoga teacher, you know, you've got, 
it's something that you've been practicing for seven years and it's by chance, you know, yeah. uh, um, you met this person. So, and before that, you, you, um, and you did mention that, you know, you were kind of trying to figure out what kind of career you wanted, right? You're going from yes. thing to thing. And, and you also talked about how you wouldn't want to work in a corporate company. Mm. Maybe you can share a bit about like what that was like for your early career. Because I think a lot of people who listen to the podcast, some of them might also experience some of these challenges, like they're not sure, right? What they want to do, they feel a bit lost. So yeah. what was your experience like? Well, um, my parents come from your very typical nine to five grind, right? My dad is an accountant. Uh, and I, I don't know, audit, auditor, auditing accountant, something like that. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, so I remember... I think, did I have to do an internship? Something like that. Lah. You know, you're three months off uh, college or uni at the time. And then my dad was like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to play, yeah. And then he was like, no, you're not going to play. You're going to come do data entry at my <laughs> at my firm. All right. And I followed my dad every morning to work uh, for how long was I there? Three months, ah, three months. I survived three months. Oh, that's so barely, bad. barely, you know, <laughs> with the fluorescent lighting and we're in there at eight in the morning and it's click, 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 click on the keyboard and I'm staring at a screen for nine to five. My back is hurting. My neck is just going out and my attention span is just rattling, is rattling in my head. Mm. Right? I'm falling asleep on my keyboard. My dad comes in, he knocks on my window and he's like, hey, it's not school, it's work. And I'm like, I can't do this. I think I sat there for a good, like, I sat there all of three months. Lah. Right. And just kind of accepting the fact that, you know what? I think, I think we're going to cut our losses early and just kind of accept the fact that I will never survive in a corporate job situation. I just mm. can't, I'm not built for it. And now we have mm. to figure out why. Mm. Yeah. So that kind of got me, got me on a slightly different trajectory. Right. Right. Was I that, was that it. like, was that like the first and only um, sort of experience you've had working in an office? That was enough to scare me away. <laughs> <laughs> also being in school, the kind of right. hours, I was never the kind that could survive our school system. Mm, and mm. I was made to feel very poorly about it by everyone. Mm. Yeah. So coming out, I think at like 17, 18, I was like, right, uh, I'm either going to make it and I'm going to make it very differently or I'm going to crumble. Mm, you mm. Try or die. Try or die. Mm. At mm. 17, I already knew. And mm. all my friends were getting like 13 A's, SPM, yeah, 13 A's now. I didn't yeah, know. 13 A's. I'm like, there's 13 subjects? Wow. <laughs> I never even knew that, right? Um, yeah, so I could never sit down and like, you know, read out of a textbook, memorize information. And it felt like everything was wrong with me at the mm. time, right? And then, of course, my parents, I think my parents... I'm a little bit lucky because they also saw different facets of talent in me. Uh, they might not have knew how to foster that early, but they didn't deny it. Mm. And so, you know, that, that's the fortunate part. 
uh, is that they didn't deny it. They still let me do my thing. But mm-hmm. and a lot of my, at the time, my dad would just tell me, it's like, look, uh, you, you don't have to get A, you just have to try. Mm-hmm. You just have to try. And if you really try your hardest and you still fail, then it's fine. We'll find something for you, but just try, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I really did try in high school. I still don't. Sometimes I think I don't. Sometimes I think I did because I feel like I wouldn't have survived anyways. Mm. Um, but it was just a system that didn't work for me. And mm. I knew very early if I didn't find out what did work for me, I was mm. dead. Mm. I was going to make it. I was going to marry some rich guy. Mm. Be, tie, tie. <laughs> that's a good plan <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think that would be happy there either we have to figure out something. yeah and 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 how um and, and yeah so how have you navigated that since so you decided you don't do like an office job and then what what do you kind of dip your toes in like over the years uh so I started with um, what was one of my first jobs uh, aside from data entry? So, okay, I started giving out flyers um, as, you know, you get one of those event girls that are giving out flyers at like road shows. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and at the time, I think those kind of jobs were quite popular. Mm. Uh, I had a lot of friends, um, model friends who were also event girls at the time. Right. So I've been I've been the podium girl at car shows. Right. I've been um I've been a modem sales girl. I think DG was like selling modems and blackberries for like 50 ringgit, one ringgit at one Utama concourse at that time. Right. And I okay. prided myself on selling nine modems at one shot. So I was like, I have hope. There's hope for me. <laughs> maybe that's your hidden talent, selling modem. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe one day I will sell snow to a snowman, you know? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I started from there. I built, mm. uh, worked my way up, I guess. I developed mm. more like interpersonal skills. You know, I learned to be a little bit more chatty, a little bit more, um, yeah, socially aware, socially intelligent. Mm. Uh, many people have always told me I had the gift of the gap but mm. I wasn't doing much with it mm. it was like whatever you say I just sold nine modems mm. <laughs> uh, so yeah that's where I started and then I moved into and then I was modeling for quite a bit shooting ads editorials all that kind of stuff but you know modeling industry in Malaysia is very small I knew there wasn't um, anywhere I could grow I didn't have the height for international modeling I didn't have to look for it at the time either I wasn't going to write uh, so I ended up in, uh, so at the same time, I studied yoga. So mm, I was practicing right. yoga for two years, but I wasn't teaching that yet. Mm, I was just mm. studying. And at the same time, doing college at uni. Mm. Um, after that, I was posting a lot of fitness content on Instagram. And I think that's how one of my friends who was working at FlyCycle at the time found me. And she was like, we're looking for some instructors. Would you like to come and train? Mm. Uh, I was like, I have, you know, relatively decent fitness levels. I figured I could figure that out. I could Mm. train. Mm. So I trained for it. At the same time, I graduated from my YTT, my teacher's training. Mm. And my teacher would do this like really sneaky thing once in a while. Uh, he would be like, hey, uh, tomorrow my son got math test in the morning. 
I, I need to help him study tonight and uh, make sure he gets to school on time. So can you take my morning class tomorrow? And I'm like, no, I can't. He was like, you take YTT, you graduate already. You can teach morning class tomorrow. <laughs> I believe in you. And I'm like, hey, to me, if my teacher tells me to do it, I do it. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, yeah. And I, I believe in this guy. I believe everything he says. Like this whole time, you know, I've had questions, you know, about our studies and stuff like that. But if my teacher says, I can do it. And if I didn't believe that, I had to question myself. Mm. And like, you mm. know, what was he seeing in me that I wasn't seeing myself? Mm. Mm. So, yeah, I do that once in a while. And then I started teaching more and more. I started assisting him in classes. The next thing you know, I'm a yoga teacher. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. And it's been instructed at the same time. So that's how I got into fitness. Before that, I worked eight months uh, at the vault. You know the vault in Haitawas? The vault? Oh, yes. Yeah. I know the vault. Yeah. We, I, I threw some mad parties there. I did. I really enjoyed working nightlife um, because I was never a morning person. Uh, mm. But, you know, nightlife started becoming very taxing for me. You're living in the night and you're sleeping in the day. And mm. there's a lot of like unhealthy substances going around. So I was like, okay, I think I'm done with nightlife. And mm. I was working mm. three jobs, I think, at one point. Wow. So I was working nightlife, uh, Tuesday to Saturday. Mm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, you're dead. Mm. You're dead, right? Because mm. we're on the floor, on your feet all day. I ran mm. the kitchen upstairs at Vault as well. We had a grilled cheese sandwich menu, built that. Um, and then I ran the floor at the same time. Mm. Well, I assisted in running the floor and the marketing uh, through parties. Sundays, Mondays, I would teach spin class at Fly Cycle. And then anytime in between, if there was a modeling job that picked me up, I would do that too. So mm. I think I didn't sleep mm. for a while. Mm. I was also very young at the time with all the energy and I expensed it all. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> lived, lived, lived your full life. Until uh, I burnt out, yes. Yeah, burnt out. <laughs> yeah. And what, um, what, which thing did you enjoy the most? Uh, well, to be honest, I've never actually really enjoyed being in front of a camera. Uh, it was just something that, you know how sometimes you're good at something, but it's not actually something that you love to do. Mm. Yeah. So it's one, one of those things, right? Uh, modeling, acting and all that was just like quick ways for me to like pick up quick cash. And, and, uh, and I've always had the privilege of working with friends. So it's very mm. fun to work with friends on set. Mm. Uh, I've been in Crazy Rich Asians for all of 0.5 seconds. Were you in Crazy Rich Asians? Exactly this frame. Hi! That's it. 0.5 seconds. Which which scene? Which scene do you appear? Uh, Airport hangar. Airport hangar, right. Airport hangar. I was part of the uh, bridesmaids entourage. Oh, okay. I'm so so curious. I'm going to check it out later. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, every once in a while I get little... Those feel like the little Easter eggs of my life. Like, you know, mm. did you know I've been, I shot the video game or like, did you know I, whatever mm. was in crazy situations. They're not, you know, they're just cute little experiences for me takeaways. Um, but I really enjoyed working nightlife. I did until it nearly destroyed me. And then I still really enjoy being a um, fitness instructor, yoga mm. teacher even more. Mm. Do you have any, uh, advice or opinions for people who are kind of 
not sure what they want to do in their career. It's very interesting. So like uh, someone asked me this question too. Uh, I think depending on where they are in life, are we talking about like millennials? Mm, so yeah, so that's a good question. So someone that perhaps um, is about to graduate or just graduated. So that at that stage. Yeah, uh, I have the same advice that the last time someone asked me that question. I think in this day and age, assuming that now, right, that question applies to now uh, and our current global climate. Mm. Um, previously, I think all of us, all of us, uh, most of us, subscribed to a mindset that served capitalism more than anything else. It was, you know, about how to make more money. It was about how to be more successful, successful, you know, meaning famous, rich, um, revered, mm. right? And how would we get there? Our benchmark to getting there was like, make more money, appear in the magazines, like, you know, be an expert level at whatever you were at. You had to go and pursue careers that mm. had that clear trajectory. Mm. It was also safe. Mm. right at the same time um and we've seen how that trajectory in a very traditional sense um destroy the world destroy families uh, people ourselves right so i think to me the most immediate thing uh people can do if they have no idea what to do is to really sit with themselves, sit with yourself, no distractions, like, and reflect. Mm. What is your why? And what would you do that is beyond yourself? And is there a space uh, for us to operate from a slightly more, I'm not saying completely selfless, but a slightly more selfless angle? Mm. And mm. can we dedicate time to study that? Mm. Mm. So some, something that basically, you, when you think about it, you, you're willing to go beyond, as in, apply yourself a bit more to it, right? That's something about the energizes yes. you to want to do it, even though you might, not, not to use the word suffer, but you know, there might be a certain amount of struggle while you're doing it, but you're willing to do it. Yes. Right. What is your purpose, mm. right? Apply yourself. Yes, my dad used to tell me that, oh, if you just apply yourself, <laughs> you'll be so much better. <laughs> but yeah, exactly that. Apply yourself. <laughs> do this data entry a bit faster. Yeah. Apply yourself. <laughs> I think we're we're always looking for signs and we're always looking for, you know, um, right timings and the right people and the right situation and the right amount of money to be paid, you know. But at the end of the day, even if you get everything right and you're not serving more than yourself, you're everything right can go wrong at any time. Mm. And if your everything right is the only source of validation, 
um, in what we're doing, then uh, that's that's pretty fragile, you know. Mm. Yeah, gotta want to fight for something. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, and coming back to yoga, right? So I have tried yoga before, um, very poorly. It was one of those things where I was in Bali. And the hotel had like this yoga instructor. So, ah, let's do it. And <laughs> no idea what I was doing for like 30 minutes. Were you uh, hungover at the same time? <laughs> um, no, I was not that day. Uh, but I did start thinking. So I was hungover, but I was like, yeah, I was tipsy. But anyway. Getting there. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what are some common misconceptions you think that people have about yoga? That is just stretching. <laughs> so is it just stretching? Then yoga, you all do. Uh, so a lot of people, say, a lot of people say this. Uh, I'm not flexible enough to do yoga, lah. I can't. Sorry. Mm. And we don't. Uh, we don't have to be flexible to do yoga. We do yoga to be flexible. And by flexible, I don't mean physically flexible. By flexible, I mean psychologically flexible, mm. you know, mentally flexible. Um, flexible in a way that your body and your mind has like faster response, like timing. Mm. You're working with systems that are tried and true over thousands of years, um, you know, that have, uh, how do I say this, elevated the human condition, right? Yoga is a practice of evolution mm. um, and it is not only of learning how to stretch your muscular systems, you're learning how to stretch your cardiovascular systems. More importantly, you're learning how to stretch your emotional and your mental systems as well. Mm. So that is the yoga practice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, it evolves and, so much as a human being. Mm. Mm. And if someone was new to yoga, um, what would be some of the first things they could try <laughs> or stuff they could try at home? I'm not sure. Without an instructor. Just to Without see if they have instructor. it. Mm. Uh, you know what? Like to me, it's the simplest thing ever. It is the breath practice. Right. It is just the sitting and observing of your breath. That can be one of the most liberating practices ever. So much so that people now try to commodify it. It's very trendy now, breath work, right? Everyone's got a Sanskrit word for it. Everyone's got a, got a oh, it's like a five breath in, a seven breath hold, and a five mm. breath out. And mm. you just sit and pay attention to your breath. It's the one thing that we do all day, every day. Is the one thing that powers our entire existence. Mm. Is the one thing that we take for granted a lot of the time that we don't pay attention to. Mm. Now, to me, if we can be patient with that practice and just observe the breath, you can start with 10, can move to 20 breaths tomorrow, can move to 30. See, we're already stretching that window of tolerance, right? We're not getting bored because now we're finding detail. Mm. And uh, we're learning, mm. we're intriguing ourselves with the details of our own body. Mm. Um, in that practice, we learn to find intriguing details in the things around us at the same time. Mm. 
right? So that practice consistently evolves as well. Mm. And if that's really too boring, then like, you know, a lot of people try to touch their toes and stuff like that. <laughs> that's right. Straight, straight <laughs> tall spine. How does a tall spine feel like? How does it feel like to take an inhale, big exhale and release the shoulders away from the ears? If we can have a tiny routine, three minutes, five minutes, to just find some sense of rest, release, and reflection, that is enough yoga for the day. Mm. You don't have to put your legs behind your head, you know? Mm. Mm. It sounds yeah. a bit like um, there's a very strong element of like meditation and mindfulness. And mindfulness, yoga. exactly. It right. is that. The, the larger part, um, majority of yogic practices uh, practices of wisdom, practices of finding equanimity and balance is mindful and meditative. Asana practice, which is the physical practice of yoga, is just something that has been made popular over the past like 100 years, 50 years, whatever or so, um, because it sells classes and it gets people moving. It is only one facet of yoga. It's not all of it. It's not half of it. It's not most of it. It's one facet. Mm, mm. Yeah. Mm. Yoga is and, a lot more study, self-study. Mm. And, and so, so um, are there different types of yoga you teach? And I mean, I'm asking as a noob here. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, in fact, so I do teach different styles of yoga. Uh, but they're all kind of centered around, you know, the similar principles. It's just a different approach to the asana practice, excuse me, which is the physical practice. Mm. Um, yoga is yoga. That is also one misconception a lot of people have about yoga is that they think, oh, uh, there's so many types, you know, is it like hatha or like ashtanga or uh, dy dynamic flow. They have so many names uh, for a lot of things that are not yoga these days, you know, is branding. Um, I teach yoga in general, depending on what people need, depending on what people look for me for. But otherwise, in the public classes that I do, I often teach beginner classes. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to teach because it's really nice to see when people kind of feel their way around a practice and then something clicks in their mind and they're like, hey, Mm. I, I found it, I found the thing, you know, and mm. I'm like, I, I know how mm. that feels like. Mm. I know how that feels like. And it's a wonderful feeling to have. You feel very, um, it's wondrous and it's childlike, you know, and it's, uh, it's something that I felt with my teacher. And it's very nice to be able to hold space for people to feel that as well. Um, so I teach beginner classes. I also teach technique-based um technique-based classes. So I break down like physical movements. They're a bit more sciencey, a bit geeky, biomechanics, um, safe for rehab, safe for injuries, mm. safe for, uh, great for maintenance, maintenance of posture, maintenance of, uh, you know, muscular strength. Mm. In, and also to increase range of motion, to help people get flexible, but not only flexible, also strong. Mm. Another class I teach is yin yoga. In yoga, I like to call it my nap time class because everybody likes to come and they get a bolster and a blanket. And we basically, we got one mission, one mission only for the hour. It is to fully relax. 
but yes. <laughs> but that's <laughs> so they, they come in with the bolster and relax. Oh, really? oh wow. yeah, we got bolsters and blankets and like you know all the comfy things in the studio. Oh. Grab one and you know if you have to take a nap, you take a nap. Like if you have to, if you need to, whatever. It's it's a safe space. Yin yoga for me is a safe space for you to bring the body out or out of a fight or flight state. Right, because when we're outside, it's just like got car horn, got lights everywhere. There's people talking. You can hear construction. We are operating at um, fight or flight state at a like a low anxiety, low burn anxiety all the time. Like our minds and our bodies have not evolved to catch up with this level of stimuli. Mm. Right. So um, yin yoga is basically a space where people can come in and lie in darkness to breathe, bring themselves out of that state, find some level of true relaxation and just chill there. Wow. Yeah. Come back to yourself, you know, feel safe. That is so interesting. <laughs> I'm definitely Googling it after this. <laughs> yin oh, yeah, yoga. Totally. <laughs> a lot of people wow. will tell you yin yoga is like joint, deep joint stretches, you know, like deep, like muscular stretches and all that. But, you know, for me, yin is like, it's restorative. It should be supportive. It should be safe. It should be comfortable. And that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, what is it about yoga? Do you think that, uh, a lot. What are some things about yoga that people might think is easy, but it's actually harder than it looks? What are some things about yoga that that people, looks easy? That yeah, looks it looks easy, easy but it's, it but it's actually much harder than it looks. Everything. Everything. <laughs> Everything. I think the uninitiated will have a huge shock. Like you know, um, it's. It's tough because I've seen like some complete beginners come in and, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm teaching a, a class and, you know, everyone is a regular, right? So I have to kind of like pander to all the regulars. I have to make sure they mm-hmm. are getting the workout that they need. And then some new guy comes in. He has no idea what he's getting himself into. He thinks he's stretching, <laughs> right? And then you can like, you see the disappointment that washes over this guy when the first thing we do is take our arms up in the air, take an inhale and exhale. Everyone has their hands on the ground and this guy's just kind of like hanging out halfway. Right. Yeah. yeah. When you see people touch the floor, it looks easy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Until we really yeah. try it ourselves. The, the yeah. hard part is not about doing the posture. The hard part is accepting how much work there is to be done. Mm. ourselves mm. and being patient about it mm. yeah and, and on, on that point because like i'm pretty sure i can't touch the floor like <laughs> i'm quite sure and you can train to do this i assume and how long does it take everyone is different everyone's bodies are different they're built differently and mm. it depends on um it depends on everything, right? It depends on like how much your your lifestyle, your routines. It depends on your muscular structure, how your bones are built. Well, very simply put, uh, some people might have longer femurs and slightly shorter arms. Mm. Some people are never meant to touch the ground. 
Mm-hmm. Some people can touch the ground in their sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it really depends. And I think that's a hallmark of a good teacher is to be able to recognize that differently in people mm-hmm. um, and to help them find their strengths instead of mm-hmm. work, instead of bypassing their weaknesses. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Um, help them figure out what they can do better based on what their body is like. And, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and to tell them like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. Just bypass your weakness and we just like try. We try, try even more. That's exactly how you injure somebody. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And and I'm, I'm curious about um, outside of yoga, right, Sandra? So yes. do you have... Um, any particular morning or daily routines to start your day? Like what's your typical day? Like, did you follow any structure or is it like anything goes? Uh, so I'm trying, I'm, I try to work myself around a routine these days. Um, Cause I, I see how it serves. I never used to operate like that because I have so many things going on. Right. I was always on the go. I never stopped moving for years, eat in my car, Class to class to class to class to class. The job, the job, the job, the job, the job. You know, uh, morning shoot, full face makeup. Next thing you know, I'm eating ramen in my car. I'm cleaning my face off. And then I'm teaching a class like an hour later. Oh. It used to be like that. Um, but that was not consistent for uh, my energy levels. It was very, you know, fluctuated a lot and it wasn't very healthy for me and then I developed Mm. a lot of coping mechanisms around it it was not cool either so uh, like I mentioned earlier I did suffer a pretty bad burnout that lasted me about a year year and a half I felt like I just couldn't pick myself up to do anything Uh, it wasn't just burnout it was also coupled with like you know heartbreak and and it was like some sense of mild depression that went on and stuff like that I ended up doing therapy Mm. And uh, my therapist then brought to light the value of a routine. And I remember very clearly, she said, there is freedom in structure. And then that stuck to me the whole time. So these days, I'm trying to build a little bit more of a routine. I wake up in the morning. Uh, I usually, look, I let myself sleep in. It's fine once in a while. But Mm. I like waking up anytime 7.45, 8.30, anytime in between. If I have a PT in the morning, maybe a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. But what doesn't change is whatever time I wake up, I'm up, music is on, and then I take a cold shower mm-hmm. first thing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what time of the day I wake up. Mm-hmm. Bangers mm-hmm. on the radio, cold mm-hmm. shower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Straight straight to the cold shower. As straight as you to the cold shower. Eat the frog oh, in the morning. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and and do you do any form of exercise or meditation, or, or it just depends on like what your day is like? Uh, well, that depends on what my day is like. I I like to do my meditations at night, hmm. but you know, and now I also do my meditations like all throughout the day, and they're right, not right. like long form seated meditations. If I have five minutes, I drop down five minutes inside my body, and I'll stay there for hmm. a while. Hmm. Um. It could be when I'm waiting at the bank, mm. right? Mm. When I'm just getting pissed off waiting in line at like Ikea or something like that. <laughs> that is the med- that is when it counts the most. That's right. the yoga <laughs> off the mat. That's when it counts. <laughs> yeah. So in fact, I think that's, that's how it's supposed to be like used, right? Like in your daily life. 
right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. so, uh, and, and are there days where you don't feel like doing anything at all? Like, it's like mm. oh, I just want you know, no exercise today, nothing. I don't want to do my cool shower, you know? Absolutely. Like, like, how, how do you deal with days? Like? There are days where uh, I doubt the world. There are days where I doubt myself. There are days that I feel absolutely unloved and that I have no more love in me for the rest of the world as well. So yeah, those days exist. Mm. Um, mm. And during those days, I think if I've already gotten to that point, the days are right off. I'm not going to be good around anybody. I'm no good around anybody else, right? Um, what happens is then I have a routine of immediate needs. We are not going to go down a rabbit hole. We're not going to go hungry. We're not going to not shower for two days. We're not mm. going to sink into further depression, right? So you always have like little minor, you learn how to identify, uh, mm. like when a migraine is coming, you know, similarly. Mm. Mm. So to me, it's immediate needs. Make sure I'm comfortable. I'm clean. I'm well-fed. I'm not doing things like caffeine. Uh, nothing that can affect my mood differently. Right. Uh, and chill. Out. When that mm. happens, I think my body needs a break already and we need to listen to the body. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, but we want to try not to get there, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So, so you have like, um, whenever you, you feel like, you know, you don't feel like it or whatever, that, that uh, you know, your mood is not quite there. You, you have a routine that you kind of settle in. Like, recovery like the routine. basics. Recovery yes. routine, right? Recovery routine. Right. Right. And ideally, we don't want to have to use the recovery routine because mm. that means I've already pushed myself beyond a certain limit, which means there has been days where I'm like, I don't want to do this, but I've already like, no, you got to put your big girl pants on. You got to just like grind through it. And we've pushed ourselves to the limit when mm. the recovery routine kicks in. So now what is more important in my daily routine or my weekly routine is that I have non-negotiable rest days. Nothing right. happens in those hours. Those are hours that are only for me. Mm. Non-negotiable. Mm. Yeah. So I don't have to feel guilty for not doing for when I need to take a break. Right. Yes. And then I'm allowed to be immersed in my break and I'm allowed to fully rest. So I'm not half-assing my break either. And if I don't right. half-ass my break, I don't half-ass my daytime job, you know? Mm. Mm. What what does what does rest mean to you? Uh rest can mean so I'm not working on uh you know sometimes rest means I'm I'm neck deep in reading about something like fibromyalgia. Mm. Uh, except my body's not moving, <laughs> right? So I have to be very mindful. I try to be very mindful of rest days. Um mm. that I'm not reading for work. I'm not thinking about other people. Uh, I'm not thinking about ways that I can improve my job or like nothing, nothing to do with work. But then rest days can be like, you know, I spruce up my home. I garden, uh, plant some food, mm. you know, try to feed myself from my own garden. Mm. Um, do things that fulfill me differently spend time with uh, my animals, my pets, 
to watch stuff on my Netflix list that has been there for like the past six months, but I never got around to it. <laughs> Discover a new album, call my dad, you know, all those things. Rest means no, it's not time that, okay, I can take time off work not to pay my bills. Right, 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 so right. Rest paying rest, paying right. bills hours should have been factored into the work hours already. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. No, that makes sense. And and as um as a uh, yoga or like fitness instructor, what are some of the uh uh challenges that um well or what what makes it hard? I think to be a yoga fitness instructor, people don't really see and um. Uh, yeah, let, let's start that. So what makes it hard, right? What are things that are hard that people are, don't quite notice? Hey, a lot, man. You know, like, uh, <laughs> there's a, like people come and ask me, uh, hey, I want to be yoga teacher. How do you want to be yoga teacher? I say, why do you want to be yoga teacher? No money, man. I cannot make money. Serious. <laughs> right. Uh, and I I heard a, a fellow yogi, Mini, mm. Mini Yoga. Mm. Mm. She said that before too in her Instagram post. She was like, you know, I get people asking me about being a yoga teacher. And I say, don't become a yoga teacher because you can't make money. But you can be a yoga teacher if you marry a rich husband. <laughs> 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 I find it really funny that that's like pretty much the third time I've said it this conversation. Uh, it's not, not, not one of the things that, you know, that actually matters in my life. But uh, yeah, I, I'll coin that today's running joke. Um, right. But yeah, Nimi actually said that and I found it hilarious. Um, the hardest thing about being a yoga teacher is that everybody assumes you, so you do the math, right? You teach maybe like one, two classes a day, uh, on a public schedule. So that's maybe what is like, what, 12, 10, 10, 10 teaching hours a week. Mm. Maybe you got like one, two PT in between, right? A bit leisurely schedule, not, not so packed, jam packed, mm. right? But what they don't realize is how much prep goes into every, say, programming, every single class, um, being sensitive to the people who are in the room. Sometimes you get a completely different crowd that you don't expect and that plan just goes out the window. You have to be adaptable, mm. right? And you have to be very observant. It takes your full attention. People are doing things in very physically compromising positions and you have to be very vigilant about that. Mm. Takes mm. up quite a bit of your attention capacity. Before mm. that, it takes up a lot of your studying capacity. You have to continue learning. You have to be on top of your information. You have mm. to be up to date with, you know, today's research about movement and biomechanics. You should be. I'm not saying you have to be. You should be. A good teacher should mm. be. Um, and yeah, preparation. And you're also holding space for people to be what they what they need to be at the time. So sometimes as an empath, you know, you get a little bit mixed up between what's your feelings and what somebody else's feelings you don't even know. Right? Someone could be having a bad day and then suddenly their energy is like you feel that juju and uh, you're not protecting that enough. And it takes a lot of your own personal energy to get out of that kind of vibe as well. Right? So it takes out a lot of one's personal capacity to be a good teacher. It's a mm, real grind. Mm, travel time, travel time between class to class, that's another one, man. <laughs> <laughs> that takes a lot out of your being in traffic. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, because you're not always in the same place, right? So you teach in different places. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then after that, you and... take Instagram photos and post them all. A lot of work. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what's um, I suppose what's kind of next for you, Sandra? Like, what what your plan? What are you focusing on immediately right now? Um, I actually, you know, I decided to take 2020 to like really recalibrate recalibrate and uh, recalibrate my goals and reconfigure my routines so and you know I've like I'm very fortunate to have the privilege to do that as well right so currently I'm running on quite a minimal schedule uh, I'm not grinding as hard I'm taking more time to study um, you know some days I'm eat, just eating textbooks for breakfast and I'm kind of enjoying being in that space. Uh, I just moved into a new place. So I'm, you know, I'm just setting up my home for um, reflection and rest. And then I think from there, we'll have a, I'll have a clearer idea about how I would like to pivot 2021, 2022. Um, but I'm not in a rush. And I think that's kind of important for me because I've also always felt like I've been rushing through growing up. And right. uh, I think I think we've I think I've grown up enough in 2020. I think we all have. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think I, I assigned myself 2020 a guilt-free, a guilt-free rest year. The goal is just to survive. The goal is to heal, uh, help to rebuild wherever we can, uh, support each other, um, pay more attention to building some sense of community support around us. Um, yeah, and then see how we grow from there. Okay, yeah. that is interesting. So I, I look forward to see like what your 2021 will look like soon. <laughs> we will know, um, I guess. Well, when you don't I, know. So when I know, you'll know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to move into like quick fire questions now. Yes. Uh, so it starts off a bit easier, and then we kind of warm up to like a, a slightly more challenging ones. Um, yes. So first Get question. <laughs> uh, first question. What are some interesting places in KL or Malaysia? You know, if you can't think of something in KL that you know people should visit, or like a or like cool hangout spots. How much time do we have there? Oh wow! Okay, that that's good. Like, well, because I, I just realized because you you know you're obviously you know quite in tune with the social life, so you might have <laughs> some good ideas. How much time we got? And uh, we got brunch, or is it a staycation? Oh, let let's start with brunch. Let's start with brunch. Mm. Uh, hey, I like dim sum, man. I say oh, zin, okay. zin cuisine at the Concord Hotel is my favorite. Dim sum restaurant. Zing cuisine at the Concord Hotel. Okay. Yeah, I've been going there since uh since I was five. I think I used to follow my dad there. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Is that one place like anyone comes into town? I'm like, we're going for a dim sum, and we're going to that one. Oh. One of my so favorites. Like Chi traditional Chinese dim sum hall. Right. Did, did they push the dim sum in carts? Is that what they do? Oh, they do. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. I think on Sunday, Saturdays, there's a Kuzeng player as well. Yeah. Oh. So it's, cool. it's, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. I like it. 
Uh, so that's brunch. That's brunch. Uh, that's brunch. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, I like being in the jungle a lot. Okay. So, uh, you know, these are not really things I like to share because I always feel like people ruin nice things. They go there and like, you know, throw rubbish all over my favorite hill. Please don't throw rubbish all over my favorite hill if I <laughs> share it. One of them is the Blue Lagoon in Bukit Wawasan, Puchong. Blue Lagoon in Bukit Wawasan. It's Puchong. a little bit of a hike. And here's the okay. tip. The lagoon is only blue after it rains. So you have to go on a muddy hike. Right. If it's right. a dry hike, it's not worth it. Right. Yeah. Right. That's okay. all I'm saying. I'm not telling you anything more right. than that. You gotta go find out yourself. <laughs> so you have to go, you have to go there after it rains. And you have to go there after it rains. Too. When I went there, I trekked in the rain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Very it's adventurous. Beautiful. Yes. Okay. Okay. I, and that's how I find it. I search Blue Lagoon and I find it. You find Bukit uh, Wawasan. Bukit Wawasan, right. Puchong. Right, yeah. Puchong. Okay. Can you imagine like these places are only like half an hour, 45 minute drive out of KL? Mm. It's so gorgeous. We have so many of those, by the way. I've hiked quite a few. Okay. Well, mm. I, I find that in general, now they're on this topic, I think Malaysia in general are not very good at marketing a lot of these like really nice places. Uh, yeah. Right? Yes. Not, yeah. And they're not very good at taking care of these nice places as well. Mm, so, mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Okay. Uh, next question. What object have you purchased in the last 12 months that cost less than a thousand ringgit that has tremendous positive impact in your life? Less than a thousand ringgit. Tremendous positive impact in my life. What object? Object, huh? Mm, something that you bought. Tremendous positive impact in my life. You can stretch that budget a little bit if you want. Less uh, than a thousand. Uh. Less than, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can share. I put less than a thousand because uh, when I first asked this question, a, a lot of people said it was their phone. So it's like, so I said, no, no, no phone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think my phone is like that tremendous for my life. Oh, <laughs> to yeah, be honest, yeah. I think if anything, it's just like depleting my eyesight and my attention span. <laughs> um, best, it has to be a plan. It's definitely a plan. A plan. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely a plan. But let me think. Um, it's a plan for sure it it's one of the a, plans right yeah <laughs> or it could be a thousand ringgit of plants accumulated together but it's plants right okay so you're a plant person I'm totally a plant person and they okay. have changed my life tremendously because um, I realized that being in nature really grounds me so as best as I can, uh, I try to replicate, you know, kind of like a natural environment around me. Mm. So I prune them a lot. I spend a lot of time with my plants. I look at them a lot. I marvel at them. They, a lot of my rest time includes me talking to my plants. So mm. I would say that, plants. Mm. Mm. You, you, you do have like a fairly interesting personality in the sense where on one hand, it's plants and trekking and blue lagoons. And then there's the other party, nightlife, you know, run, run, run. Oh, absolutely. It's <laughs> yeah. balanced, right? It's balanced. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Um, next question. Is there a non-fiction book that you've read uh, that you believe everyone should read? Oh, yes, of course. Um, 
so many. Uh, one of my favorites is, I would say, of, uh, was, but is Cosmos by Carl Sagan. Hmm. I've not, I mean, I've not read it in its entirety, entirety. I always read it like excerpts by excerpts. I read it almost like how someone would read a Bible, you know? Mm, mm, um, mm. But Cosmos by Carl Sagan, I think one of the first books, uh, they also, I think he also wrote this book called The Pale Blue Dot. So one mm. of the first books that kind of um, initiated me into the idea that, you know, we really are, uh, a, a, a fraction right you're 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 a dust in a sunbeam you know floating in nowhere in space but yet chance had it in his way that we are the way we are with 10 fingers and 10 toes with cognitive abilities um and but why Right. And then, you know, all these things that are around us, the stars and water and plants and people and emotions, and they're seemingly random, a random bunch of things that have come together to create life um, with also seemingly no purpose at all. Mm. Uh, so then what? Then what, mm. do, what do we do? Right. You're going to be in complete despair of having no purpose. You're going to find some kind of purpose. And I think like that was. Um, you know, Carl Sagan to me is like the godfather of all the David Attenboroughs and the and the Professor Brian Coxes, you know, and mm. and all that. Um, yeah, I would say I would say Carl Sagan for sure. Carl Sagan, okay, Cosmos. Yeah. Mm. I've never read that before. I'll, I'll try picking it yeah, up. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think uh, uh, what was that? Sapiens. Sapiens by. Yuval Noah Harari. Mm, good I love Sapiens. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So Sapiens is more like a condensed like version of uh, Cosmos. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Cosmos, this is guy's brain just like exploded. And it was like, yo, there's all the possibilities of the infinite universe. And you could put it on paper. Sometimes I'm like, I can't bring this shit. Uh, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a big book. Is it a big book? It's big words. Big ideas. Big words, big yeah. ideas, right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, next question. What's a skill that you have which other people might find surprising, uh, but it's been useful to you in your life or your career? Being useful to me in my life or my career? Um, mm -hmm. I think, I don't, I, well, I mean, I know that. Uh, I have quite a keen sense of um, empathy and like what other people are feeling. Um, in conversations, very often I hear people saying things like, you just said exactly what I was thinking. Mm. Uh, mm. And I have the vocabulary for that. Um, so that has been very useful in a way where like, you know, when I'm working with people or, you know, when I'm teaching, um, in relating to people, uh, it's pretty strong interpersonal skills. And that has grown over time. But what would surprise people the most is that I can sing. No. <laughs> right. Okay. And it's being useful in ways where I, uh, I can entertain a party every once in a while. Right, right. Yeah. So, 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 so you're the uh, karaoke uh, person. I, I, am, I am the last minute backup. Like if your party is really <laughs> failing, 
and you need mm-hmm. some sort of entertainment to come on, like, yeah, I, right. I can come in and help you save that party. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, next question. What scene from a movie or TV show uh, is super memorable to you? Uh, memorable and impactful to you and why? What scene from the TV show? Super memorable and impactful, and impactful. to me. Uh, TV show. TV show or movie, right? Mm. I'm sure there's one. One of my favorites uh, was is uh, V for Vendetta. Mm. I still really like it. I mm. watched it recently as well. Gorgeous movie. I read the graphic novel too. And uh, I think it was that moment where Evie, spoiler, um, V had imprisoned Evie in a cell and she thought she was she, uh, she had been abducted by the finger men and that she was being kept in she they were gonna like shoot her behind the chemical shed and she was like I have nothing to fear now you shoot me because mm. she had gone through the full spectrum of like grief and despair and bullshit just like the most evilest of evil human bullshit she had gone through the full spectrum and she had survived at the end of it but what was the most impactful was that when she said, you can just shoot me behind the chemical shed, They've, he freed her. And then she walked up into the roof, into the rain. And then what a great actress Natalie Portman was. You saw the hope immediately get restored into her. And like, mm. there is, you know, there is always hope. Mm. There's always a shred of hope if you're willing to There's find it. There's always hope. Mm. Yes. Nice. Um. What's the best piece of career advice you received from a mentor or someone you respect? Best piece of career advice. Apply yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's from your dad. (laughs) Apply yourself. I think that was timeless. Timeless. And, um, you know, I think every time I hit a roadblock, every time I'm just like, what am I going to do, right? How am I going to grow past this thing? This is highly inconvenient. Every time I feel like I'm about to throw an adult tantrum about something that is not going the way it should be going, I just mm. kind of stop and like, right. I think this is a great opportunity for you to apply yourself. You just have to sit and think about how. So yeah, <laughs> I, I stick to that one. Simple. Right. Keep our, I think keep our, ed, like, um, our advices uh, simple and keep them flexible. Uh, mm. You know, like, you know, that, Try not to be rigid with things. There is a lesson mm. everywhere. Mm. Yeah. Keep, the, keep the advice simple and flexible. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who is your role model? Uh, not someone from your family. And what behaviors did they have that you see in yourself? And what do you wish you had? Who is my role model? Not someone in my family. Um, I have many. I think... Um, I think I find role models in a lot of people um, in different facets, right? No one is a full package. And I honestly think that's the secret to happiness is to understanding that like no one's perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. Um, But I have many role models 
And I think the common denominator uh, among them is that they are they are strongly principled. I think that's one I have huge respect um, mm-hmm. for people who are strongly principled and who for people who will stand up to adversity with those principles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so strong value system, kind, kind and empathetic. I think that's one very important one as well. And people who don't go out of their way to be performative about it people who are authentically kind and empathetic. And if you right. were to ask them, like, why did you do it that way? And their answer would be like, why would I do it any other way? Mm-hmm. You know, it's real. Um, and I think that's a huge lesson to learn. That is, that is one way we learn how to be kind and empathetic too, is by way of example. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I've learned how to be kind and empathetic from people who have been kind and empathetic to me. And it knock on effect, it keeps growing. Those are, you know, traits that I really admire. Um, yeah, I think those two are, are important. And I think they kind of like, you know, they're like the umbrella uh, for for all the other good things in people. Right. Yeah. Okay. Most of my role models would have those traits. Yeah. Resilient. Resilience is a, is a great one. Too. Resilience, kind mm. and empathetic. Um, and uh, so if you if you could make a video go viral and this video carried a message that's important to you, what message would that be? Wow, that's a hard one. If I could make a video go viral and I would carry and it would carry a message, what would be? I don't think I would say anything different than what's kind of already being said in uh, you know the wellness uh sphere now Uh, mental health is very trendy um you know and i've i've done some interviews on that as well recently with this app uh company called thoughtful um one would be to pay attention actually really pay attention to our mental health uh and understand and want to understand ourselves more as humans. I think the more we understand ourselves, the more we understand how other people work as well. We build social intelligence that way, um, you know, and emotional intelligence more importantly. And I think that is this, I know it sounds pretty utopian and like, you know, idealistic, but it's, you see it happen in micro levels. Um, how people become better and help other people become better. Uh, yeah, I would do that. I think I would say, pay attention to your mental health. If you can afford it, go for therapy. Mm-hmm. Idealistic is good. Um, uh, last question. So what does the word success mean to you? Oh, what does the word success mean to me? I think, Contentment, um, contentment with who I am and contentment in knowing who I am, wherever I am, 
in whatever situation I am, it could be the worst situation ever. And if I'm still happy with myself, I'm happy with that definition of success. Yeah. Hmm. You know, you used to think like you had to assign some kind of metric to success, $1 million, $2 million before age 30, whatever. Hmm. But like, I, you can give $30 million and I like still wouldn't be happy. Like what, what's the mm. point, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah. So, so being, think, uh, learning how to be content, right. With, with what yeah. you do have. I think to have, to have a, consist, a consistent sense of, of, um, self understanding, uh, balance, willingness to adapt is. Yeah. I think that would be my definition. My definition of success would be able, would be me being able to flow like water, um, you know, and growing accordingly. Awesome. So uh, love, love the conversation, Sandra. Uh, thanks again for taking the time. I'm really uh, curious and looking forward to what you do next year once you figure this out. Uh, yeah, and... Um, We'll see how, how things go then. 2021. Yeah. Big question, uh, exciting times, scary times, uh, but exciting times. So, I mean, don't hold your breath. <laughs> we'll <see laughs> yeah. No one knows go. how things going to go. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, hopefully things taper out, you know, a little bit. We've got news of like a uh, Pfizer having a potential vaccine. That's right. I don't know about big pharma, but you know, I'll, I'll believe uh, I'll have hope. Mm, mm, yeah and i agree. think you know if there's anything people need more of this year and the next is ample amounts of hope mm, you're right it's it's yeah. been a really challenging year i think it right? has isn't it yes 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 yeah. mentally uh i think financially for a lot of people mm, so hopefully things will get better emotionally yeah yeah so u.s elections done vaccine news is positive right now Hopefully, we have more good stuff coming back again soon. Baby steps. Uh. Baby steps, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> bit bit. Thanks for having me today. I really enjoyed that chat. Yeah, thanks. And uh, yeah, we'll catch up again, I suppose, sometime in the future. Absolutely. Maybe uh, we'll meet each other in person. Who knows? Yeah, you can Yeah, you can come <laughs> visit the office. Like uh, Our office is closed now, but we're based in like TTDI. You know mm. where that, yeah. Yeah, sometime uh, soon, yeah. when time permits. That's right. I'm uh, sure we will cross paths. Yep, yep, 100%. Well, you train in the areas where I kind of hang out anyway. I'm sure I'll, I'll bump into you. Yeah. Like, like, like you know, like uh, Aloha and all that. So, thanks again, Sandra. Thank thanks. you, Derek. Yeah. What a pleasure. Such an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Hello Mentor podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. 
if you're trying to have a great career or if you want to succeed in business, um, you will benefit from really, really getting to learn from some of the most inspiring people in Malaysia. And hopefully, you can replicate some of that success yourself. Uh, we have many, many more amazing people joining us soon. And we expect to release an episode once every two weeks. So again, do hit that subscribe button to our podcast and you will be notified when the next episode is up. Also, this podcast is supported by WAP, the leading professional youth jobs platform in Malaysia. So if you're looking to hire great talent or if you're looking for a new job, do also check us out at wopjobs.com. That's W-O-B-B jobs.com. Thank you again and I look forward to share the next episode with you soon.